hello, hello, my friends. The family of the Verified Geek podcast is growing, and I'm very happy and thankful for that. For this week, I have a special guest that used to work as a project manager in a technology company and has left everything behind to pursue a career in the mental health and become a psychiatrist. I am very happy to have Shashika with me to talk about mental health in the tech industry. Let's do this. Hi, Sash. How are you? Hi, Dora. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, where are you right now? At home in London? In London, yes. Yes, about to move. So we are house hunting at the moment, but for the next two months, yes. Perfect. In London. Um, just a bit of an introduction for this episode. Uh, this episode is about mental health in the tech industry. And um, uh, basically, I've worked with you in the tech industry. And uh, I also know that you've been working in the healthcare for the past few years. Uh, you just got an opportunity to become a doctor. So I thought you will basically be the best person to talk about uh, mental health in the workplace. And you've also helped me a lot uh, personally. So um, when I thought of doing an episode like that, you were the first person I had in mind. Tell me a bit about uh, how you started, because I know you used to work in the tech industry, and how you decided to just leave everything behind and uh, go become a nurse and eventually a doctor. Well, as you know, I was a project manager at Playtech um, for about three years, and One of the proudest moments that I had at Playtech was probably a very, very stressful project, which was uh, the Mirror Project, as you probably remember. And for some reason after that, things just came crashing down for me. I think it might have been, you know, the sort of historical stress that I went through with, with the project that, and a lot of other things um, that culminated. And I just became really unhappy. And I just thought, this isn't for me. It really, really isn't for me. So I decided to quit without another job to go to, which uh, was a very risky, was a very risky move. And the first thing I did was um, I went and uh, worked for Mind, the, the mental health charity, and I volunteered oh, there and became okay. a befriender. And I absolutely loved it. And I kind of was finding what, I felt was missing before because I, when, when I left Playtech, I was in quite a dark place. Um, and I felt, I think the main thing was like, I just felt really vulnerable and really disconnected from what I felt my purpose was. And then moving into mental health, working with people, I found my purpose again. So I eventually moved into the NHS and I worked in mental health and it was brilliant. I mean, it, it is the hardest job. I mean, I've been punched, I've been spat at, you know, they swear all the time. Wow. But I absolutely loved it because you get that connection, you get that sense of purpose, uh, you know, again. And what I found, most importantly, because all jobs are stressful, right, I found that that connection sustained me. Right. When I was working at Playtech, and, and as much as I love the people around me and as much as I love the job, 
I was really struggling to find something to sustain me. It was almost like I had to do a full day's work on like 1% battery every day. And I just got flat and I just collapsed. Whereas working in mental health, working in healthcare, every day I was finding so many reward opportunities. And I was coming away every day with a battery just, just fully rejuvenated and revitalized. And that just kept me going. And I thought, right, I want this forever, <laughs> you know. That's um, great. And then I decided to become a doctor just to help people in, in, in the best possible way. I mean, really, it's, 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 it's about, you know, it's not that much different to being a project manager, I don't think. You've got yeah. someone, a client that comes in with a problem, you map out, you know, a project plan, but in this case, a treatment plan, and then you get them from A to B. <laughs> so yeah. that's basically it. Yeah, that's that's very that's actually quite an inspirational story. Um, do you think that companies do enough to support their employees and their mental health? I think it's improving now. I think now that more celebrities are coming out and sort of destigmatizing, um, uh, uh, you know, the the sort of associations with mental health you know previously it might have been considered to be weakness in some way um people are really understanding you know I mean for example stress is is one of the most global mental health issues that people have and, and they don't necessarily associate stress as being a mental health issue but it is and now that people are accepting and understanding it more um, workplaces, I think, are becoming a lot more accepting. I mean, we have mental health days, for example, that some companies give because they they completely understand that it's needed. You know, mental well-being is as important as physical health. I mean, if you broke your leg, no one's going to say anything about you taking a week off work. Yeah. But if you have a breakdown, I think slowly we're getting to that point where, where we're starting to sink mental health with with physical health which is brilliant yeah yeah I completely agree with you and um I think employees are starting to realize as well that it's actually better for everyone to be happy at work to to to, to do their best and you know that if their employees are happy they're happy as well so yeah, I agree with you. Um, things have changed a lot because I've been in the tech industry for more than uh, 10 years now. And I have to say that 10 years ago, there were some employees, employers mostly, that didn't take this seriously. And because of the fact that employers didn't take it seriously, employees were scared to talk about it. Um, and... It was it was a big deal back then, and I about the uh, famous people and celebrities coming out. Uh, that's also true. I just realized it recently that a lot of people are coming forward, and they don't they're not scared of talking about their mental health because they see such a support from the celebrities. It's crazy, isn't it? So back to the. Um, Back to the tech companies, because you know how tech companies work. You've worked in a, in, a, in a tech company. You know exactly how it is to have strict deadlines, 
So do you think that the fact that tech companies have such strict deadlines uh, has an impact on the, the employees' health, mental health? Or is it just, you know, oh, you know, it's just another job, really. Every job is stressful. Um, yeah, what do you think about that? Um, well, I think deadlines in general will, will stress out anybody, regardless of, of, of what job you're in. Um, I think particularly for, for tech during the pandemic, it's been absolutely huge. A lot of companies have had to become digital in order to survive the pandemic. And in, in order to, to continue having an income, they've had to meet deadlines. But it puts an excruciating amount of pressure on, on staff. Um, I remember when I was working for, for, for Playtech and, and um, I actually cancelled a holiday to Romania to meet a deadline. You know, that, that was one opportunity to get a break, relax after about eight months of hard work. But I cancelled it in order to meet a deadline. And that obviously impacted me because you feel that you need to perform. You feel that people have an expectation of you and you don't want to let them down. And when you when you want and it's not natural I think for a lot of people to, to just go no I'm going to put myself first because they feel a they don't like confrontation and b well I certainly did I, I definitely associated shame with letting people down and, and not meeting deadlines and the effect that had on my mental health was just crushing and it makes yeah. you so vulnerable you know it really yeah. really does and, and you want to avoid People don't like to be vulnerable. People want to avoid shame. So they will work so many hours and go beyond what they're really capable of doing in order to avoid that shame of not meeting that deadline. So, yeah, definitely it does have an effect. Yeah. Back to when about people uh, that work in tech hiding their problems um you know it's at least it used to be a mainly dominated uh, male dominated industry and um yeah do you think that people are now encouraged also to speak about their mental health do you think people are encouraged enough to speak in the in the tech industry um, from my own personal experience, I can't talk for anyone else, but uh, in such a male-dominated environment, especially in gambling as well, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, it's um, again considered to be a weakness. You know, you're not up for the job. You're you're supposed to to be able to be invincible. You're supposed to be able to take anything. Um, and 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 also. Um, you're you're reminded about the, the pay that comes with, with with the job and so somehow they kind of go well you're being paid this much so you should be able to to deal with anything really and and I think that's really harmful um because ultimately employers should want the best version right and even if that does mean setting realistic goals and expectations for the entire team not only just individuals you get so much more productivity um, and output when people feel that they are heard, that they that they might be, you know, that they can comfortably take a day off to 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 um, refuel themselves, to recharge themselves. But at the moment, I think 
there is this expectation of how they're meant to be. Um, and yeah, it's, it's can be very harmful. Yeah. Actually, you said something that ring the bell. You're right. People in tech industry, especially the people that have been in tech industry for a certain amount of years and they have a really good job, they end up getting paid a lot of money, right? So <laughs> um, just because of the fact that, you know, you now have a really important job, you get a lot of money, I think most most of them think, you know, I shouldn't speak, I shouldn't look stressed because now they're paying me so much money. I, I'm earning so much money now. I should be happy. I should just shut up and 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 move on, you know. And put up. Um, yeah. yeah, and put up with this. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of people think like that. Um, I actually have an experience with a friend that um that shared that with me when he started earning a lot of money um he was basically really stressed he was in a really dark place uh but his approach to the whole problem was well I should really shouldn't say anything you know they pay me a lot of money but obviously he reached a breaking point and he had to leave so I've actually seen that happening yeah yeah if you're enjoying this podcast, then join Riley and her crew as they delve into everything games, from upcoming titles and nostalgic classics to game development and intriguing interviews. Learn and laugh alongside this ragtag team of indie devs. Whether you want to philosophize about the definition of a game, discuss the hype behind virtual reality, or discover games you've never heard of, Game Jones is the new crew for you. For more things Game Jones, Check out allmylinks.com slash GameJohns and check out their Twitter at GameJohns for all news and announcements. So what does a supportive manager look like to you? I think, um, you know, when you look at a manager, you can either look at a boss or a leader, right? And for me, a good manager is a good leader. And for me, a good leader is somebody that has very high emotional intelligence. Um, and I think that's critical, you know, for somebody as a leader to be able to reflect on themselves and not be embarrassed or ashamed and lead by example. Um, and what that creates is, is this sort of environment where people feel safe to be able to have a very sort of um, a rapport with their manager where they feel that they can go to them and say, right, you know what, you know I work hard. I know you, you know that I, I can do this. But today I might need, you know, I'm not feeling it today. I, I, I really need to look after myself. I really need to put myself first. And a good leader will not, you know, look at the employee and say, well, you need to put the company first, will absolutely respect the boundaries of somebody saying and being brave enough to say, actually, I'm going to put myself first. I'm going to put my mental health first. And looking at the bigger picture and understanding what that does to to the output of the team, you're going to have reduce. You're going to you're going to keep staff. You're not going to have to spend so much on recruitment because people feel comfortable. People feel safe. People feel happy. Um, their well being is taken care of. And ultimately, employers have a duty of care. 
to their employers. And that covers not only their physical health, but also their mental health. And sometimes I think the interpretation of that duty of care can be lost um, in managerial styles um, at times. And because going back to what I was saying about people not liking confrontation, people feeling ashamed of what they might be going through, the easiest thing that they do is just leave. And what does that do to the company? You know, they have to recruit. They spend thousands, millions a year either on sick pay and then recruitment, you know. So it makes sense to hire managers that are compassionate, that are empathetic and can lead by example. Yeah, yeah. I I 100% agree with you, yeah. So mental health in 2020 and 2021, do you think that employers need to do more now that everyone works from home because I'm very confused with this whole thing I personally don't want to keep on working from home obviously I will do it uh, until the whole thing has been solved but I would like to go back to the office but from what I've seen by reading in uh, magazines online and reading some some news is that a lot of employees have been saying that they want to continue working from home which confuses me a bit um I mean I do get it you save up a lot of money but yeah what why do you think that people are thinking about saving money and spending time with their families um or are they actually having more fun working from home you know Which one of the two is it? What do you think? Well, I think from a cost-saving perspective, if employers can get staff to work from home, they're going to be saving millions in rent, especially if they have a huge office space in, in central London, for example. So balancing that with the the fact that they probably would have lost a lot of income um, to most companies during the pandemic. That would mean that they can continue keeping people on and not have to have more redundancies because they don't need the office space. But what I will say is that, you know, we're born to be connected. We're hardwired to, to crave connection. And I think the connection with people is what sustains our well-being. And isolation during the pandemic has been so hard on everybody. Loneliness, depression, mental health, suicides have gone through the roof during the pandemic. And I think we need to balance the sort of, the you know, the, the livelihoods with people as well as keeping them safe at, at, at the same time. It's life and livelihood, right? Yeah. Um, So I think employers need to really think about how they can still creatively keep people connected, even if they do have to work from home, because it's not it's 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 not fun. I mean, if if you're a single person and you're completely isolated from the rest of the world and, and your employers have said, right, you've got to work from home, that's going to impact your mental health. You need connection. You need that sense of belonging to a group. Um, and I'm hoping that people find ways to, to be able to do that. And with the easing of lockdown, 
um, I'm, I'm hoping that, that that can continue happening. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, I do understand the fact that employers uh, want to, you know, not pay rent anymore. I get that. I just don't get how the actual employees have been basically voting or going through surveys saying that, yeah, I want to continue work from home. I think it's just, yeah, I'm still, I'm still not on my breaking point. I'm okay working from home. Uh, but I think they're going to change their opinions quite soon. I'm not sure, but it's a really tricky thing because I work in a company that ha- that has a massive office. That office is just for that company. It's not just an area like or a small or a one one floor in a building. It's a massive building just for that company. So I don't know what they're going to do with these offices if no one goes there. They were still they're still using it, but most of us are not there. So yeah. I know I, I understand what you mean, but I really, really struggle to think why most people have voted to 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 continue work from home. I mean, to be fair, I don't have a family. Uh, maybe, you know, if I had three kids around and I had to cook food for them and everything. And I and I actually during the pandemic, maybe if I ended up spending a lot more time with them maybe I would continue to do that. So, yeah, yeah. It's it's different, different occasions, different occasions, I think. I think it just completely depends on the dynamic of, of the unit. If you have a family that might not necessarily have been for years and years and years, might not have even had dinner together for, for, for months, for example, um, because both parents are working, I think before the pandemic, people really struggled to to gain a work-life balance. And now that's not an issue. And I think a lot of people are, are appreciating the fact that they've got a lot more family time. If you look at the, the surge of people buying dogs, for example, they've completed the family unit. They have a companion. They're saving, you know, thousands a year from not having to travel into work. And some people just, you know, they, they don't like the people. <laughs> you know, they just yeah. want to be in their own family unit. Some people... If they're away from their boss, for example, who's a boss that might not necessarily be very supportive, they get to be at home and only face him or her on a Zoom call. You know, that that's enough for them. So I think it completely depends on the dynamic. But then if you have a single person that's just seeing the same four walls every single day for what now? The 400th day that we since the pandemic started. I mean, you know, it's 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 really difficult. It can be really difficult people and and I, I completely empathize with it yeah so um have you do you think that buying plants has like I, it has helped me a lot you know I was never a plant person and uh <laughs> I ended up buying a lot of plants during the pandemic um and obviously yeah like you say everyone started getting dogs and cats and stuff I'm a bit worried about that though because I don't know what these poor pets are going to do when these people that used to be party animals just go out again and yeah I'm a bit worried because I've seen it happening in my hometown when I was younger 
kids would just get animals and they would get uh, pets. And then when they grow, grew older, they got bored of them. They would just leave them in the streets. And um, yeah, so I've seen that happening and it kind of scares me a bit. What do you think is going to happen when the, whole, when the pandemic is over with dogs and, and well, cats I, and plants? I, well, I think it's already starting. Um, when, when you look at sort of, uh, I think that the Dogs Trust has seen rehoming already. Um, I think it's increased by about 172% or something crazy like that because you get the, you get the dog and they're really cute as puppies. They've not been socialized. They display antisocial behavior. They're no longer this ideal dog that you were hoping for. And then just like that, you just rehome them. So it's already happening, mm. um, unfortunately. So it will only get worse. Yeah. Right, Shash, it has been a pleasure. I knew that you would be the most appropriate person to talk about this because you've seen both ends. And now you're on your way to becoming a doctor and I wish you all the best. I know that you will be the best because you have helped me. You know, for me, we worked together, but you were also like my mom. So <laughs> you took care of me. So um, thank you. Thank you so much for this. And uh, hopefully I will see you soon. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. For, for, for giving me the opportunity to talk to you, Thora. It's been brilliant. Bye-bye. If you made it this far, it means that you're actually enjoying the podcast. So why don't you go and write and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. It will be highly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening.